I'm here because I think God gave me a little push, and I'm happy to do it. So I'm going to dive right in. Um, if you want to turn to Romans 1, 18 through 32, that's where we're going to start today. I'm going to put my little timer on so I don't go over. There we go. And we're going to touch a little bit on this in the beginning because I kind of want to set a precedence of what I'm trying to, to get across, right? Because we either have come to, to Christ um, through family members or friends or sharing their testimony, and maybe there was a point in time in our life where maybe we didn't believe, or maybe there was a point in time where we did believe and we fell away, as I did. Or maybe we have family and friends in our life that we know, we want to shake them. We're like, God is real. God is there. He's, he's glorious, but they just don't see it. And so I think that Romans 1, 18 through 32 really touches on that, and it's, it spoke to me very heavily. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness, because that which is known about God is evident within them, for God made it evident to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood through what has been made, so that they are without excuse. For even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and of birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures. Therefore, God gave them over in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, so that their bodies would be dishonored among them. For they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever, amen. For this reason, God gave them over to degrading passions. For their women exchanged the natural function for that which is unnatural. And in the same way, also the men abandoned their natural function of the woman and burned in their desire toward one another. Men with men committing indecent acts and receiving in their own persons the due penalty of their error. And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, God gave them over to a depraved mind to do those things which are not proper, being filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, without understanding, right, am I right? untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful. And although they know the ordinance of God, that those who practice such things are worthy of death, they not only do the same, but also give hearty approval to those who practice them. Kind of like misery loves company, right? Yeah. So I start there because it's such a powerful truth. And Paul is warning us of that. He's saying, Guys, God is there. He makes himself known to everyone. We know in our soul that he's real, right? And sometimes we, we, we want to ignore of us, wants to do what we want to do. We think we know what's right. And we'll touch a little bit more on that a little bit later um, with some Proverbs and things. But I kind of wanted to give you a background, kind of like I call it a cliff notes of who Sarah was, what she became, and what God has brought her to, and what, what new creation I am today, as you guys know me. So my name was, was now I'm married, thank the Lord. Uh, <laughs> seriously, 
Uh, Sarah Elizabeth Keesgan, I was born um, September 29th, 1987. I was nine pounds, 15 ounces, a very fat baby, my poor mother. Uh, I was perfect in the eyes of my parents, and I was a sister to two awesome brothers. And I had a normal childhood. My dad was a Glendale police officer for 12 years. My mom was a dental hygienist. We were a middle-class family. Um, we were Lutheran. I grew up in the church. I knew God. My mom planted God in me. I was there every Sunday. I was confirmed. Uh, when I was 10 years old, um, my parents split and got a divorce. I don't know if any of you guys have gone through divorce, maybe parent separation. Um, it's painful. Um, there was three kids involved in this divorce. Three kids with two different views, three completely different ages, different perspectives. And during the divorce, we didn't really have like professional counseling. We didn't go through any of that stuff. We just kind of, I guess my parents were winging it. God bless them. Um, you know, they did their best to make sure that we were taken care of, that we had a great home. And I've got an amazing stepmother now and an incredible stepfather, and I couldn't ask for more, and I feel very blessed because of it. But during the time, it was very, very painful and very confusing. Um, and I felt like I had handled it pretty well. But that's kind of where it starts, right? When, you, when you're a little bit younger, maybe something happens to you and you don't quite fully know how to comprehend it. Or maybe you're, a little, maybe you're older too and something happens and you're like, how is this happening right now? How do I even process this? And maybe sometimes you deal with it or maybe sometimes you suppress it. And I think that what I did is I, I kind of suppressed that pain of what I went through. So basically, as time went on from the outside, I was, um, I don't know, your model student, I guess. I was eighth grade student body president when I was in junior high. I was a straight A student. I accepted Christ, and I was confirmed with the Lutheran Church when I was 14 years old. Um, I was considered outgoing and driven by peers and family. But on the inside, I was confused. I was just trying to be happy and searching for my place in the world. And really, I was seeking my identity. You know, what, is this, what does it mean to be a woman? What does it mean to, to go through things and not have a way to, to talk about them. What does it mean to, to really have Christ? I accepted Christ. Don't get me wrong. I believed in him. I believed God. I've always believed in God. But, you know, there was a part of me that was just very confused on that. You know, I got, the, I got a lot of the, the what. I didn't get a lot of the how growing up. You know, how do you apply this when things happen? And I think that's what a lot of us go through, you know, if there's a death in the family or if there's just a lot of issues that come up, you're kind of either equipped or you're not. And I think that the word of God truly does equip us with everything that we need, but we have to choose to go to that to find those answers. He who strives for good obtains favor, but he who searches for evil, it comes to him. Proverbs eleven twenty seven. A wise person fears and turns away from evil, but a fool is reckless and overconfident. Proverbs 14, 16. And that, those two right there is exactly, I think, what was going on in my heart. So even though you know God, right? You can say, oh, I believe in him. I accept Christ. If in your heart your desires are not to God and are not to search him and seek him out and to truly know what the answers might be in life, then 
like I mentioned in Romans that Paul warned us of, God will eventually turn you over to those passions and desires that you hold deep inside that nobody can see. That eventually that will become who you are. If that's what you seek in your heart, eventually, okay. That's basically what happens. At least that's what happened to me. Um, I started to kind of take my anger and I started to kind of think, well, I know best or I can do this or I can do that and I can try this and it's not a big deal. And little by little, instead of being this close to God, I'm this far away and then this far away and then this far away. So move on to junior and senior year. I did skip over a large portion of my high school time. Sophomore year was crazy. Thought I found my first love and everything else and um, ended up having to switch schools for being harassed and getting my house egged and things like that. And so I ended up having to switch high schools. So there goes the anger, right? There goes the, why is this happening to me? Junior and senior year, I basically just wanted to get out of high school. Kids are cruel. This world is cruel. And you learn it very early on. And I'm sure a lot of you guys have been there. Um, but junior and senior year, uh, I basically thought I could find my purpose and acceptance uh, through relationships. Um, I was no longer reading my Bible. I thought I could handle my own demons and my anger by numbing it with distractions. So I would get invited to parties. I thought it was so cool, you know. Um, have a beer, try something. And you don't really see where it's leading you until it's too late, I think, in a lot of ways, at least in my case. Um, I, was, I did take AP classes, so, we, so while I'm in high school, I'm this straight-A student, and I'm this person that's you know, doing well in, in school, and I was actually able to graduate early. And a huge part of me was like, yes, I'm done, December 2015, but I, I was supposed to walk with my class uh, in May of 2016. I really wanted to take a break, maybe take SATs or something and figure out what it is I wanted to do, but my parents really wanted me to start college. So I uh, started my first semester in college um, because my parents wanted me to, and I was trying to be respectful. But I did end up getting kicked out of my dad's house for being disrespectful to my stepmother. Um, my mom already had her own house, so it was kind of like, where do I live? I ended up living with a friend for a little while, and I was working full-time. And my mom helped me get my first studio apartment. Um, it was close to where I was going to, to college at the time. So um, I, during that time as well, I started dating um, what people would consider a bad boy, right? He was nice. Uh, he liked country music, uh, <laughs> you know, whatever that means. And, uh, but he, he, had a, he had a rough side, right? Made me, feel, made me feel like I was pretty, made me feel loved, made me feel like you know, oh, this, this is it, you know, I'm an adult now, I'm 18, I have my own apartment, and I thought I knew what I was getting myself into, but I did end up flunking out of my first semester in college, the straight-A student, um, and I ended up walking with my high school class to graduate and get my diploma May of 2006, and I didn't know I was pregnant. And the crazy part about all of that is I sat out in the crowd and there was a girl in my senior class, and she was really pregnant, and she was going up to get her diploma, and I remember looking at her like, man, I am so glad I am not her, but I was a month pregnant. And the judgment that came over me and the thought, like, how mean, you know? 
And um, I didn't really know what to do at that time, but I did end up finding out I was pregnant. And I told my dad first, because my mom is my mama. <laughs> and uh, come on, moms, how would you feel, right? So I'm 18. I flunk out of my first semester in college. My parents paid for and I'm making 10.06 an hour at Lowe's, and I have no one because, let's face it, bad boys don't make the greatest, you know, great dads. I mean, maybe I guess sometimes they can, and obviously everybody can change, but at that time, that was not the case. So I did, however, end up going to, at the time, it was called Crisis Pregnancy Center. Now you guys know it as Choices Pregnancy Center. Um, and thank God for them, uh, because my daughter, Olivia Madison Stewart, was born at 10.03 a.m. on January 18th, 2007. Um, and at that time, I became a single mom, really, at the age of 19. And Jeremiah 1.5 is, uh, is one that I love. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. And that is so true. I was sinning. But yet, I got this, like, amazing blessing. I don't know if you guys know my daughter, Olivia. She's incredible. She loves going up and singing with all the kids. And, and uh, she knows about everything. I'm extremely honest with her about my mistakes in my past. And she knows everything. So anything I'm about to tell you tonight, she definitely understands. So anyways, there she was. There's me. I was 19. Oh, look at that. Can you tell I was a little swollen? <laughs> So 19 years old, I was a mom, and I was seeking to find out what uh, life was all about. I was a child with a child. I prayed to God sometimes, but I put myself in the center. My world desires, passions, and temptations slowly killed my spirit, numbed my mind, and took over my choices. Galatians 5, 19 through 21. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, it's not to say, obviously, you can't accept Christ and, and go and be with the Father and, and be fully forgiven with his grace. But that is yet another warning, right? These things exist. This, this sin is in all of us. Maybe some of you guys have had a similar situations in your past, but this is, this is the reality, and this is what happened to me. I was seeking, again, where I was supposed to stand, and instead of looking fully to God, I decided that I was going to rely on what I thought would fulfill the void, and that was men, that was alcohol, bars, and I don't care at this point in my life about bars and alcohol. I'm completely different, right? So it's, it, it, you, can, you can obviously come back from that. But at the time, it got, it got so bad to the point where um, basically one day before I knew it, I was looking around my own life and I was wondering what happened to the girl who cared. What happened to the girl who desired a relationship close with the father? What happened to my innocence? Shame created a space and a deep void between me and Christ. Embarrassment kept me from telling my parents the truth. And in the lies of my life, I was able to hide my sin from my family and hide behind a smile. I was not free 
as the devil lied to me and told me I would be. I was trapped in sin and a cycle of self-inflicted pain and my actions opened more doors for the evil one to creep in and steal my joy. You guys, my sin took me so far that one day I woke up and I was a stripper with a daughter. And that's honesty. But by the grace of God, I am no longer that person. The devil won't bother you while you're living in sin, but he'll bother you when you're trying to get out. So these are the lies, ladies, that we tell ourselves, and the devil encourages. God could never forgive me. I drink so much because life is so hard and it makes me feel better. I am a victim to my life. Men don't love me because I am not worthy. I am an empty shell. It's not my fault. I have no control over the fact that I'm broken alone. I deserve time off and parties on the weekends because I work so hard for my kid. If I had a husband and someone loved me, I would be happier with my life. I mean, the list can go on and on and on, right? These are the things the evil one whispers in your ear, keeps you wanting to go search out the world and try to find it, but it's not out there. Your peace comes from the word of God and learning what it is he wants from you. His commandments do not hold us down, they free us. Thank you. So basically, I wanted to give you guys, it's funny that Melissa mentioned it earlier, you find yourself in this cycle, right? I wanted to kind of give you like a visual, I'm like a graph person, I don't know, I'm kind of a nerd. Uh, I do the budget at home, just so you, oh, I'm sorry, spending plan, right, Susan? Is that how it goes? Yeah. <laughs> FPU starts August 21st, by the way, Financial Peace University, sign up. Um, Okay, so childhood, divorce, teen confusion, I relied on myself, and I was seeking to fill the void without God in my life, which led to what I like to call the vicious cycle of self-neglect, sin and corruption, a false sense of fulfillment, loneliness and emptiness. So then you seek out more sin and corruption, you have a false sense of fulfillment, and then you're lonely. And this is, I think, where people, a lot of people, at least from what I've seen, maybe people, uh, family members in my own life that don't really have a close relationship with the Father. This is where I've seen a lot of people end up, and this is where I was. So to kind of move on a little bit from that, eventually I I hit what I would like to call my rock bottom, God's way, I think, of kind of making sure I knew I was at the bottom of the pit, right, before he pulled me out. So I started to kind of analyze my life, and I thought, okay, well, I need to get out of where I'm at. I knew it was wrong. I knew what I was doing was wrong, right? Because the word of God was in me. My mom made sure it was there. So the entire time I'm doing all of these things and I think that I'm, I'm somehow, I don't know, accomplishing something, the entire time I knew in my soul that what I was doing was not right. So I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to try online dating. I'll meet a nice man, you know, one with a career, I don't know, maybe like a nice car or something. I don't know. I wasn't thinking Christian. In fact, I actually, okay, you guys are going to laugh at this. I actually tried to join eHarmony, and they denied me. Like, I, I couldn't even pay. <laughs> like, I did. They literally said, Sarah, you have no matches. I don't know. <laughs> I'm serious. That happened. I wish I took a screenshot of it or something. I would have it, like, put up right there. Uh, but basically, um, instead, instead of meeting the nice guy, I met a man who was a con artist and a thief. I thought he was an electrical engineer. I mean, that's what his profile said. That's what he told me. Uh, Just three months of dating, though, he preyed on me and my family, 
His lies were half-truths, as the devil likes to do. He stole money from my friends. He lied about who he was, and he eventually attacked me in my own home when I started to question him and what he was doing. And then, guys, if you've ever looked evil in the eye, it is scary. It is, it is black, and it is, it is the most lonely. I mean, I, I can't explain it, but he looked me right in the eye, and I thought he was going to kill me, and I got out. I barely escaped, barefooted in my PJs, called my dad immediately. He ended up skipping town on my parents' credit cards. Uh, two weeks later, I found out I was pregnant again. Wow, because we all learn from our mistakes, right? My life was in ruins. I literally had no place to live because he told me he had paid my rent for me, but he never did. I was going to have another baby. I was 22 years old. I had a daughter to take care of, and all I could think of was that I could not have another baby. Immediate thought. There's no way. And I put a little depiction there of a devil and or the wolf in sheep's clothing there for you guys so you knew what he looked like, right? <laughs> so just so you know, abortion is another lie of the devil. And I'm not going to sit up here and say anything bad about, and I understand that one of the sins that maybe some of us have had is that we have had an abortion. So that is not, that is not, I don't, I don't judge anybody for any decision that they made at all. And I know that God fully forgave if anybody has done that. Um, but my immediate thought at the time was, I'm going to have an abortion. Because abortion equals freedom, right? No. God was telling me, though, in my soul, that abortion equals more bondage, death, and guilt. And I'm so happy that I listened to him. And I remember calling my mom, and uh, I told her. She immediately starts bawling, and you know, she says the mom things, like, how, how could you have done this? You know, how has this happened? And this time was different. I, I literally, I, I was so humbled, and I, and I just, I talked with her, and I just, I bawled my eyes out, and I said, Mom, I know. I know you were right. You were right. My mom was right a lot, actually. My mom was right when she told me not to put my daughter's biological father on the birth certificate. My mom was right when she told me not to date him, but now I have a beautiful daughter, so, you know. But my mom was right, and if we would just listen to the commandments of God, he tells us to honor our parents, and maybe they've made those mistakes, we would learn from them. So long story short, I remember talking to my mom, I told her I'm going to have an abortion. She's like, you know, I don't want you to do that, but I love you, and I will try to be there for you as much as possible. And that night, I went to bed, and I woke up the next morning in a cold sweat at about 5.30 in the morning, crying from sleep. I don't know if you've ever had a dream that shook you so much to your core, but I did. And I woke up, and I knew immediately that I had to give this child up for adoption. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. This is what God wanted. I'm going to listen to him for the first time in my adult life. I'm going to snap out of it, lose my pride, and I'm going to listen to him. And I called my mom. My mom had a dream that night as well. So Psalm 143.10, teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your gracious spirit lead me on level ground. So I did. I chose the will of God, and I stepped out on faith. And after making the decision to choose life, I scheduled my first ultrasound with Choices Pregnancy Center. My friend Sandra and her husband offered me and Olivia a place to live. Sandra also knew of a couple who could not have kids and introduced me to them. Their name was Kara and Mike beautiful couple, incredible. 
I invited Kara and Mike to my first ultrasound and I considered them as the adoptive parents. And there in the quiet of the ultrasound room, we all got to hear the heartbeat together. And it was a miracle and an awe-inspiring moment. The fact that they are now his mom and dad and they got to hear the heartbeat for the first time is such a blessing. It's all in the little things. Choices Pregnancy Center referred us to Christian Family Care Agency. It was a turning point in my life when I chose to listen to the call of God and put myself last. And through faith, I began to see healing and restoration. God took care of everything, everything. God provided me and Olivia a place to live. He provided free counseling through the whole pregnancy because Christian Family Care Agency took care of it all. I did not have one bill. In fact, I had my whole, I had all my living expenses paid for the entire time. All the medical bills, I had all the support in the world that I could possibly ever imagine. And he was showing me through this what faith could do, and he saw me through the whole journey. Abortion says I sacrifice the other person for the good of myself, and love says I sacrifice myself for the good of the other person. And I witnessed a miracle. Ryan was born April 9th, 2011. He was seven pounds, one ounce, 20 inches long. Had kind of a big head, 12 and a half inches. And there right there is Karen Mike. That's his mom and dad. And that was the newborn photos that I paid for when I got to spend two days in the hospital with him. And he was so beautiful. <laughs> he was so beautiful. I mean, he had a little rash there, but yeah. He was beautiful. I got to spend two days with him, and saying goodbye was really hard, but I knew that his parents loved him, and he would have a great life, and he changed my life forever, and it was through his life that I gained a strong faith and rededication to the Father. God can take any of our sin, our bad decisions, and the ugliness in our life and use it for good, and when you choose him, he will bless you. There is not a question when you choose God, he will bless you. Now, what that looks like, I don't know. And what it is that maybe some people are dealing with, I don't know. But when you give it over to him, he takes care of it. I'm an advocate for open adoption. Um, I get pictures of him. I get to talk to Kara. In fact, I was just talking with her today. Uh, Ryan is now seven. He wants to meet me. He wants to meet Olivia and he wants to meet Axel and my husband. You guys all know him, Alan Stewart. Incredible, he's amazing. My rock. Um, and we're going to set that up probably in the next month. So stay tuned, because hopefully I'll be able to have a, a testimony for that, and I'm hoping to share that with Choices Pregnancy Center. Eventually I did meet with Pastor Alan, and uh, we want to get together and do that, so be praying on that. Um, but open adoption is a beautiful thing, because the mom me, or biological mother, gets to see pictures. And psychologically, it's been so healthy because I'm never sitting here questioning, what does he look like? Where is he? You know, wh what does he like to do? I can phone call Kara, you know, twice a year. I call usually around his birthday. Um, and she sends me photos. That was his first Christmas. So I get pictures and all that stuff. And that was when he got to go to the aquarium. And he loves music, which... If you all know me, you know, I love music, so that's kind of cool. So endless grace that starts 
Endless Grace starts, I didn't mean to put the that in there, maybe it was just extra word flashy or something. Endless Grace starts with choosing Christ to be Lord of your life. And I really honestly didn't learn this lesson until the last, I wanna say like five years. I, my adoption was when I was uh, 22, but, I, but I, I kind of backslid a little bit even after the adoption for a couple months. Um, you know, I moved out of Sandra's house. I got a house. I started to kind of slip back into my old ways. Crazy, you know, because God just showed me all this beauty and I started to kind of turn to my old ways. But luckily, two months after my adoption, I was backsliding and I bit into old habits in the lifestyle and I was slowly starting to party again and did, have, and did not have godly friends. I meant to put did not. Um, but God rescued me from myself uh, because I received a Facebook message from my now husband, Alan. He was, at the time, an old friend and an ex-boyfriend, and he was the one that got away, ladies, let me tell you. We dated, and then he, like, I don't know, moved to Hawaii <laughs> to get away from me. Uh, and then he actually married, and at the time, when he reached out to me, he was broken, too. And... Um, we ended up talking all night. We shared our brokenness with one another. Uh, we had not seen each other for years, and we were able to catch up. Uh, he asked me out. We started dating. Um, he started to kind of see that I was kind of not living my life right, and he wasn't living his right life right still, and so we made the decision together to change our lives. Uh, we changed our friendships, and because of him, I began to examine a huge portion of my decision-making and my relationships. So thank God for my husband, Right? Uh, he met Olivia, and he fell in love with her as he fell in love with me, and I was allowed to move back home for a time being while we were dating with my daughter. My father and my mother and I, we had a lot of forgiveness and healing. The con artist person who left town decided to call my parents and tell them what I was doing for a living at the time, and the embarrassment and the sin that was exposed in my life at that moment was devastating, but oh, it was so freeing. The fact that my parents knew, I literally could ask for their forgiveness. We talked about the divorce. There was so much healing that took place because of that. I moved back home for a little while. Alan proposed July of 2012, and we were married February 13th, 2013. Um, and we have been given the blessing of building a life together. And we both have helped each other heal and overcome our past. So the fact that he brought us together is a miracle. The fact that we are where we are today is a miracle. And every single day we witness miracles. The time we wake up and we're awake, it's a miracle. And life is so precious and we have to enjoy it. And we have to, we have to choose God. We have to choose joy every day. We have to choose life and we have to choose our faith. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away, and behold, new things have come. 2 Corinthians 5.17. And that is so true. I am not that person. Thank you, Jesus. I am a new creature, and I know it. I have been able to heal, forgive myself. My parents have forgiven me. My husband loves me unconditionally. And not unconditionally. I can't say that, right, Susan? Not unconditionally. It's always conditions, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Marriage Monday, everybody should go. Um, well, married, married people. Um, and for those who aren't married, I'm praying for you. <laughs> okay. Uh, so his blessings have been poured out. I wanted to give you guys a visual of some cool moments that 
we've been able to experience together. Now, I'm not going to stand here and say, oh, it's been perfect. We got engaged and, oh, everything's like roses and we have this beautiful. No, we've been through a lot in the last six to, well, how long has it been? Oh, like seven years. It's been a while. Um, we've been through a lot. We've had houses. We've lost everything. We've had businesses. We've lost everything. And it's okay. Because in James, it tells you, be, be what is it? Be happy in all circumstances. Can you help me out here? No? Yeah. Be grateful be, in every season. Yeah, thank you. Find joy. Find it joy, brethren. No. <laughs> okay. I'm not good at quoting stuff off the top of my head. But um, as you can see, we've had lots of joy. Um, that first picture is uh, me and Alan. We were taking photos of our gender reveal when we found out Axel was a boy. Uh, that's Olivia and Axel at the zoo. And then that's the moment that we got to hold our son together. And then when he was in my belly. And then right there, we love to scuba dive. And so we've been blessed to have to do scuba diving trips. Yeah, I see clapping. And um, we got a little steel, a little underwater kiss there. We had no kids on that trip. It was glorious. And there's uh, him and our two beautiful children that bring such a blessing to my life every day, and I work really hard for them, and um, they know that I love them. At least I hope that they do. I try to show them every time, every chance that I get, because um, I'm super grateful for them. And our family is growing. We found out we're having a little girl. I'm six months pregnant right here. So, yeah, we haven't chosen a name yet, but you know, stay tuned. We're kind of having a name war at home, so I'll be praying on that. So my point to everything is that it's okay because things take time. Your faith, your growth in God, we never arrive, right? We're always growing. There's always going to be seasons. Everything's going to be a little different. So faith and trust in the Lord is not built overnight. It comes with many trials and seasons. My life has not been perfect and far from it. Even after everything I went through, it has taken many more years to build what I like to call God's firm foundation in my life. He is always present, and he is always on my team and rooting for my family to succeed. And he's on your team too. And he's your cheerleader as well. Christ is always there. Like he, he is cheering you on. He wants you to make the right decisions. Marriages are not perfect. Families are not perfect. We are all, in capital, sinners. And we must all go through the refining fire. Seasons in life will change. New challenges may present themselves, but through it all, we are saved by the blood of Christ and sheltered by our Heavenly Father. So, ladies, let's be honest with ourselves. John 8, 30 through 38. As he spoke these things, many came to believe in him. The truth will make you free. So Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed him, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine. And you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. They answered him, but we are Abraham's descendants and have never yet been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave of sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son does remain forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, yet you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. I speak the things which I have seen with my father. Therefore, you also do the things which you heard from your father. So the truth, as Christ says it, sets us free. Free. 
I have been free for years now of the, the, the guilt and the past and the shame. I don't have that anymore. I can honestly sit here and tell you today, the peace that passes all understanding is in my life. I do not regret my adoption. Thank you. I do not regret my past. I know that my past happened and that my sins happened, and that's okay. That's okay because I know that Christ died on the cross for my sins and for yours. I know that my sins are covered by grace and never-ending grace. So we need to be honest with ourselves, and we need to search ourselves on a daily basis on what kind of sin is in our life. Do we have a bad temper? Are we struggling with jealousy, gossip, anger, coveting? If we say that we do not have sin, we are deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1, 8 through 9. And one last thing to the married women that are in the room. I wanted to share that um, something that was laid on my heart today, actually. I just wanted to kind of like a reminder. Do not underestimate the logical mind that your husband has been blessed with. God created him in a special and unique way, just as he, just as he created us. And God blessed you with a husband who is designed to guide you spiritually, if he's a believer. The moment I allowed my husband to fully take on his role and respected him for it, was the, the more I was blessed. So I wanted to thank you, thank my husband, Alan, if he's watching, or maybe he will watch this, for being such a rock in my life and walking alongside me during the growth and the journey because it's been a beautiful thing to witness together. So we get to wake up together every day, thank the Lord, you know. I don't know how much longer we have together. None of us know, but uh, I'm gonna be thankful every day that I have him. And I just wanted to, to share that, that if any of you are struggling with that, it was actually a prayer that I prayed with uh, Elder in the back, uh, John, right? Yeah, um, actually about that, about being a, a submissive wife. It's very hard. It's a very hard role to do, especially in this world that tells us to be different than that. Um, but it's truly blessed me so much. And together we can, we can, learn, we can learn those things, so... And with that, I would like to leave you now um, with this. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope in a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me. When you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you, declares the Lord. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14. There is a, a video, a song that I'm gonna play for you or have them play for you guys briefly. Uh, just a moment of reflection, and then Melissa's going to close with one additional song. I just think it would be good maybe to just kind of think on it. Um, it's a great song, and if any of you guys need prayer or if any of you guys, you know, want to, to talk with any of us, I know that there's elders here and there's leaders here as well um, that we're here for prayer, and I just want to thank you guys again. You guys are amazing and so supportive, and I'm glad I was able to be honest and transparent with you tonight, and so let's just start being honest with ourselves, right? and be free. So love y'all.